just that we all can make the life that we dream of having by not letting our fears get in the way. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be messed up. I was messed up in so many ways, but I found a way through all of that uh, to find my strength and find my confidence and to believe in, in the future that I always dreamed of having. So, you know, don't assume that what you are in right now is always going to be your life. Um, our opportunities really are limitless. So believe in yourself and believe in your dreams and be brave. And, you know, you can create the life you've always dreamed of. It really is true. Hey everyone, it's Jess, your host, and I am ridiculously psyched to welcome you back to another thought-provoking, real and raw conversation with someone incredible, just like you. Today we bring you Siri Lindley, world champion triathlete and coach. Siri is a woman constantly on the hunt for her best self because she knows that it is only through her highest vibration, that she will be able to bring out the best in others. Like all of us living the mission to share our innate gifts with the world, Siri knows that this type of living takes mass bravery. And because of this quality that she has embraced, she is a multi-layered work of art. It is everything that she has experienced in her life coupled with her constant willingness to face her fears and step into the unknown that has continued to show her that she is more capable than she ever would have known had she stayed comfortable. We sat down with Siri in Boulder during our Ride the High Vibe tour, and she was everything we knew she already was. Strong, honest, engaging, and high vibe. We recorded our chat at Rally Sport outside by the pool just following her coaching session. And so as we're talking, you're going to hear some swim strokes in the background. But just know that some of those swim strokes are from one of Siri's most notable athletes, none other than the supercharged badass 5'2 warrior Marinda Carfrey, who just a few weeks out of her picture, perfect second place Kona finish was already back at it. I can't wait to get into our conversation with Siri. But... First, one of the other reasons that I am ridiculously excited for this week's episode is because I'm so fired up to announce that we have just launched Yogi Triathlete's Next Generation website. For those of you who were with me during our Boulder days, know that Yogi Triathlete was born early on in my triathlon days from the realization over a decade ago that I was the only triathlete I knew at the time who was practicing yoga. Even back then, I knew Yogi Triathlete was something more than a passing thought. She came from and back into my heart, standing up strong for herself and asking me to believe in her. I held on to the domain name for years, and in 2011, Yogi Triathlete was launched as my personal blog where I chronicled my triathlon life and how yoga seamlessly weaved itself into that life. In 2016, Yogi Triathlete officially became a company and BJ, my soulmate and YTP co-host, quit his high-paying full-time job to join me in the pursuit to change the face of athleticism by merging mindfulness and physical training to create the highest performing athlete and through this, consistently raising the bar to what is possible in this life. 
This is our why. And from our passion to share the amazing things that people are doing every day, along with you asking for us to bring a podcast to life, the YTP was born. On the new site, we have two new ways for you guys to support the show. Right on the homepage, you're going to see our link to Patreon, where for as little as $2 a month, you can support the show. And for $0, you can use our Amazon banner ad as much as you want. It doesn't cost you a thing. Every time you click on that banner as your entry to making your Amazon purchase, we get some change kicked back our way. You guys, it is more important than ever to stay connected when separation is making such an effort to be in the forefront. It is more important than ever to share story. It is more important than ever to remain powerful in our purpose and pursue our highest performing selves. This is what the world needs right now. And so we're asking for your help to keep the Yogi Triathlete podcast alive. That all said, please check out the new site at yogitriathlete.com. We have some awesome deals going on right now. And if the Yogi Triathlete high vibe, high performance way of life is speaking to you, then we encourage you to listen to it. It is our experience that she will guide you into greatness. We are accepting new athletes now, and we thank you all so much for your support of the show and your encouragement to stay on our path. It is not an easy one to navigate, but every day we are summoning our bravery to guide the YT tribe into greatness. And Siri Lindley, tribe leader of Team Sirius, knows a bit about the road to greatness as she shares openly about her path to becoming a champion and coaching champions. Siri is the 2001 ITU Triathlon and Aquathon World Champion. She is ITU World Cup Series winner of 2001 and 2002. She has coached a number of Olympic and Ironman athletes and champions. She has served as commentator of the 2004 Summer Olympics, as well as the NCAA Field Hockey Final Four and Big Ten Tournament. And most recently, Siri is a published author. After her book, Surfacing, From the Depths of Self-Doubt to Winning Big and Living Fearlessly was released this past fall. BJ and I purchased it right away and read it to each other over the course of a week. It was a great way to read a book for two busy triathletes and such a nice way to connect with my love, especially over such a beautifully written and honest memoir, Siri Doesn't Hold anything back. She is in full release of her vulnerability and she is intuitive enough to know that that is her only route to truly being able to guide others to their highest potential and to fuel her relentless pursuit of purpose. And now without making you wait another breath, I give to you our inspiring chat with one of triathlon's best, Siri Lindley. All right, cool. All right, I got us rolling. You might want to pull that in just a little bit since we've got some wow, background noise. Fancy. Yeah, we're we're legit. Yeah, you are. Right? You must have oh felt that God. when you said, "Of course, who are these people?" But I must be interviewed by them. I, I was like, I cannot miss this. It's my <laughs> chance in a lifetime. Are you kidding? This is your chance, Siri. <laughs> I know you thought that maybe you had a lot of other chances, but this is really the precipice right now of you stepping into who you always wanted to be. It, no, but I mean it. Like this is a, a lifelong dream and it really is just <laughs> incredible to be with with you both here today. Well, speaking of lifelong dreams, one a lifelong dream that I have is to write a book. And I believe that I was 
put on this earth with one that on my list of things to do. It's the thing that scares me the most. I have so much written. It's all over the map. And so I've actually been... I think it's been a fear thing about reading other people's memoirs because I'm thinking, oh God, I'm gonna, I don't want to steal from them or it's, I'm just going to feel like they're so much better than me. And from the moment that we started reading your book, I was like, this is exactly what I need to be doing. And just the, the way that it started with your childhood and how that was such a huge uh, influence on like your trajectory in life. But the way that it was written was um, so simple, so descriptive, and just so enjoyable to read. And the way that we read it, because we're so busy, we're triathletes, we're, we're uh, you know, high-level podcasters now. <laughs> joke. You Insert are. joke. You um, are. And so what we did was we got the book, and then we read it out loud to each other. And we did like, I do a chapter, BJ does a chapter. And it was just, it was so awesome. So we blew through it super quick. It was such a good book. And and to, we've known you through social media. We've known you through triathlon. Um, I think we've tweeted to you a couple times. Like we're always like, oh, it's an interview with Siri, like breakfast with Bob. You guys are so nice. I'll pay you later. We gotta gotta listen to it because we just always loved your energy. Like you have an energy that I don't always see in a coach and and what I love about you is that I feel like you found a balance especially after reading your book you found a balance between keeping that energy high level like high vibrating but also um like being pretty hardcore hardcore with your athletes hardcore with you know the the values in your life and and not sacrificing them so where are you now 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 that this book is out there wow well first of all thank you for those incredibly kind words. I mean, they, they really do mean the world to me, and um, thank you. As far as you writing your book, I, I have to say that I've been thinking about writing a book for such a long time, and I started about 10 years ago, and, and two things happened. One was I got to a point where I knew I wasn't willing to go beyond a certain amount of sharing at that point in time, and I knew that if I wasn't willing to go there, it just it wasn't going to be a. You good have book. to be willing yeah. to go there. That's you the have thing. to be willing. To, you have yeah. to be willing to let out the things that only you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and really, it is the things that only I know. My mom read this and found out things about me. My wife read this and found out things about me. Um, so that was one of the things that stopped me like ten years ago. And then the second thing was, why in the world would I write a book? Who wants to read about me? You know, mm-hmm. like, what a joke that I'm even thinking of doing this. But to be honest, like, t- like 20 years ago, my mom went to a fortune teller. God knows why, because we're not into fortune tellers. But she went and this fortune teller said, oh, you're one of your daughters is an author, isn't she? Like, has written lots of books. And my mom's like, no, no, I don't think my, my daughter, either of my daughters are going to write a book. Um, and then I went to someone a couple years ago that was more like a, a friend gave me a coupon to go see some lady. <laughs> there are no and, mistakes. There are no mistakes. Yeah. And the lady was wonderful. Don't get me wrong. She had great energy. It was like really interesting. But she's like, so you've written a book, have you? And I'm like, no, I haven't. That's so weird. But um, so there were a couple things like way, way back where this book thing showed up. But 10 years ago, I started trying to write it. I wasn't willing to go there. And I kind of just put it away. All my notes and everything I had, I just put away in my filing cabinet. 
And then VeloPress approached me about two years ago and said, hey, we're, we'd love to get you to write a book. And I said, well, I'd love to write a book, but it's probably not what you want. You probably want to how to train for triathlon and how to be the best athlete right. you can be. And I said that I'm really sorry. Like, I love being a coach and, and training triathletes. But if I write a book, it has to be something about so much more. So I kind of told them what my vision was. And... I feel really lucky because they took a chance on me. It was something I think that was really different for them as a publishing company. And it could have been a huge flop, um, but they believed in me. And um, I hooked up with Julia Polarino, who was the head of uh, Triathlete Magazine. And we decided to work together. She's just amazing. And, and she just got my vision completely. And my goal was... I've always felt like this. And again, like I, I battle with this. Who's going to want to read about me? Like, who am I to write a book? That's just our, our innate hardwired. Right. I'm not good enough. Right. Exactly. Like, and that what is, is the it biggest gonna struggle. take for it's, us to believe in ourselves? What is it going to yeah. take? So for me, it was really, and I don't want to sound strange, but it was like this, this really loud energy coming at me saying, you need to do this for whatever reason, like forget, it's not about you trying to be something. It's about sharing what you have because it can make a difference for a lot of people. And when I started believing this, whether that was my own voice or wherever this feeling was coming from, I knew I have to do this because I know that when I do share everything and I didn't leave anything out in this book, um, not only was it incredibly cathartic for me, um, but I've, I've had a lot of responses from people saying, wow, like, thank you for sharing this because I've felt this way or had these problems and always thought that that's going to hold me back the rest of my life. But now I know that it doesn't have to. Um, so that's what I wanted. I wanted to create something um, or not create because this is my life, but share something that can give people hope um, push us away from that thought you know I think a lot of us we may go through something difficult when we're kids and and some and it's very easy to use that to say oh well I didn't do anything in my life because I got you know screwed when I was young and I got treated badly or whatever it is like there should be no excuses like we get to create our lives and we get to choose how we want to feel in our lives and how we want to you know deal with both defeat and victory and, and how we want to see failure. You know, for me, the biggest thing in my life has been that, you know, failing isn't failing, failing. You learn so much more from the times we don't get what we want or we don't achieve what we hope to. So just sharing the principles that really have helped me live the life that I've always dreamed of, of living. And um, I'm just so grateful that you guys enjoyed the book and got we something out of it. Clark and loved it. Clark oh. loved it. He didn't eat it and he's been eating a lot <laughs> yeah, of Yeah, Clark has well, eaten. Well, that is awesome. Yeah, he's eaten three hardcover books. Um, some big names like Malcolm Gladwell. Um, no. He eat Autobiography okay. of a Yogi. Yep. But he spared yours. No he way. He said, no way. And I, my dogs haven't peed on it or sat on it. So or there's tried. something sacred there's, there's something about that's surfacing. Yeah. yeah, you know, the how-to books are great. When I look at them from the perspective that I look at 
our world and the universe and all that. And you can go as crazy as you want on this podcast because you are on the Yogi Triathlete podcast. So I can go as far out into the universe as you want me to go. I can (laughs) go there. I love that. I try and rein it in a little bit so we don't lose too many listeners. But the thing about how-to books, it almost, to me, it almost creates a separation of I know more than you. And I think that when we come at it from sharing our experience, which is really what I believe we're supposed to do Mm -hmm. here, is to share and share our own unique experiences because there's no experience that I'm going to have that's like yours. And you're never going to have an experience that's like mine. And even though we might use the same words to describe it, words could never quite encapsulate perspective. Exactly. Right? And so when we start to honor perspective as, um, well, this is just how this person sees it, we start to see the infinite amount of of ways that something can be approached. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the right? possibilities. Exactly. And we see that with coaching. Mm-hmm. We see that with, you know, let's just take triathlon. We see it with triathlon coaching. You know, there's, and, and athletes, like some of them, they just want to get that pre-bought plan and they're just going to follow it and they don't want to report mm-hmm. to anyone and they're going <laughs> to yeah. get it done and that work is what works right. for them. What we do with our athletes, it's very one-on-one. We work with the mental piece. We work with, BJ does the physical piece. So the mental piece is a big one that you work with as well. Yeah. How, so how, as an aspiring coach myself, you can write a plan and plans are, you can just read off the sheet, but it's that mental clicking of like pushing them enough knowing each individual enough yes what they're what they need to work on and what they think they need to work on yeah and pushing them to that that level where they start to embrace confidence because i feel it's that lack of knowing they can do it like they want to know ahead of time they want to know like okay if i do this 90 minute run it's going to equal a six minute mile would come recently. Yeah. And that is not <laughs> No, that possible. would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> It'd be great. Actually, that would be really boring. <laughs> it would be boring. It would be boring. <laughs> it would be just like push the button. Okay, here we go. Maybe that's coming. But, but I like to relate to each individual on a more one-on-one level. When I was reading your book, it seems you coach the same, similar way. Like you want to embrace each individual's potential and help them achieve their goal. So yeah. how do we get them to that mental breakthrough or how do you because you had it I mean you failed a few times and then it was like bam you were like hitting it like yeah. you're hitting your stride so that's just something I find very intriguing because it's it's separate from the norm and not many people really focus on that aspect well the fact that you're even thinking of that as being a major priority with your athletes I would make me want to have you as my coach because to me I mean there are probably 20 different ways of getting the same result I believe, and and I've gotten a lot of criticism for this. Oh, Siri's so close to her athletes. I'm not like buddy-buddy with my athletes, but yeah, I get to know them, you know, inside and out because the more I know about them, what scares them, what they're most insecure about, what drives them, why they're doing this, all those things allow me to create the perfect recipe for bringing out the best in them. And, you know, I had four athletes in Kona, and I'll take the two girls as an example, but they trained so differently. How I spoke to them was so different. Everything about how I coached these two female athletes was different, except we'd do the same swim sets in the pool, but I'd ask different things of them. Um, Getting to the, because I know for me as an athlete, it wasn't just getting me to do the right kind of training. It was basically almost forcing me to do things that scared the crap out of me, 
things that I thought there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. I'm going to fail. Eventually, one of these days, I'm going to drop dead and I'm not going to make it because I'm not strong enough. But succeeding every day, which which meant just accomplishing whatever task was was put in front of me. And so it wasn't about the work I was doing. It was about the challenges I was faced with every day, facing my fear, facing my lack of confidence every single day, and then proving to myself that I, proving to myself that I had more than I believed I did. That was my journey. And I could have been doing any number of different training sessions as long as I was being given that test every day and succeeding and overcoming my insecurities and my fears and everything that I had originally believed. As long as I was doing that, no matter what the work was that I was being given, I would have had the same result. So getting to the heart of the athlete and the core of things, and it's not like sitting down and saying, tell me what you're afraid of. You know, tell me what you, you know. uh, They're not going to tell you. They're not going to tell you that. So that takes time and that takes, you know, being smart about how you relate to them and the questions that you ask. You know, there are certain questions that you can ask an athlete that are going to give you those answers without making it uncomfortable, laying it right out there. But yeah, so for you to say that as a coach, you can see the importance of that. I think that that is what makes all the difference in the world. And if I ever get an athlete, I only take 15 athletes total because when you do things this way, it's so much more than just writing out a program Mm -hmm. each week. But if I ever get an athlete sign on and they're not giving me feedback and they're not contacting me every day, which is what I demand, and I'm not getting anything, any kind of feedback that's helping me get to know them better as a person, I say it's not going to work. And sorry, I think you're going to be better off with someone else coaching you. Because if I can't do it that way, I don't feel like I'm giving this privilege justice because I really do feel that if you know my dreams for me continue to be like they're so important and special it's like gold and if this athlete is coming to you and saying please you know help me achieve this and they're handing you this this you know my favorite quote which you guys saw in the book was Michelangelo and he says or Michelangelo I don't know I don't know if I'm saying Michael's right right. okay yeah I like that Michelangelo (laughs) we'll call him Mick I will just call you Mick you know that Mick quote yeah so what Um, did he say it says I saw the angel in the marble and I carved until I set him free and that has been so important for me my entire career because I I meet with an athlete a potential athlete and I need to feel like there's something in there that if we can carve away at it and free these certain aspects of of their personality or or uncover whatever's limiting them or holding them back that we can achieve something amazing if I don't see that in someone I just say no you know sorry I don't have space um but in order to carve away, it's not just me carving away. It has to be a, you know, a, 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 it has to be teamwork, both of us working together to try and... Right. They have to keep handing you the, back the tools. Absolutely. So that you can dig in deeper. Yeah. And one thing that you talk about in your book that clearly you're, you embrace is that you're okay if they walk away. Yeah. Totally. Right. And so if they're not ready, if they're not ready to go there, then, you know, it's going to be a, I I don't like to say it like this, a waste of both of our time. Yeah. Um, When there's resistance everywhere or there's, you know, you kind of, I have to reach a point where I'm like, you know what, I can't, I can't 
do this anymore. Yeah. And they're um, not like how we describe it is like they're not your tribe. They're not your exactly. athlete. They're not your students. But totally. there are ones out there. And they're oh, the yeah. ones you right? Want. Yeah. Oh and, my they're God. Waiting, and they're waiting and they're waiting for you. Ah. They're waiting for that moment when the energy gets so big and they just they can't deny it anymore. Look at the right? goosebumps. Oh, she's got it's, the okay. It's, it's got to be like 80 degrees out. Yeah, but I have these goosebumps yeah. because like this year, the year before this year, or so I guess last year, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not that great here with my uh, English, um, was a terrible year because there were just, it was just this, this, it just wasn't this great, peaceful energy where everybody vibed and was bringing out the best in each other. There was a lot of resistance and a lot of stuff going on. But this year, 2016, was just, it's one of those years where you're just like, thank you, God, like that. This is what I have been working for my whole life is to get a group of people, my tribe, yep. that just everyone gels and everyone is just motivated and they're living with gratitude and they're living from a place of love and not fear and they're fighting hard and they're digging deep and they want to make great things happen in their lives and they want to see great things happen for the people around them. Like the vibe this year was just amazing. And I will remember this year forever because of that, because that's a hard thing to find because there are times when you might not you might have I don't want to say a bad egg but something that's kind of messing with that peaceful energy but you just you stay there because uh, I've stayed a lot of places where I shouldn't have way too long well, you got to go through the muck like we have yeah. to, life yeah would this you, year have been so great Right, if last year year wasn't... No, you're right, exactly. You know, you got to go through the muck. So, yeah, it's easy to cruise when flow is like, you're like the tides to your back, you know, and it's pushing you in nice. But so how, as a coach, like what were some of the things that you did last year to navigate that muck? Well, sometimes I didn't have to do anything. The athletes just left. Sometimes I had to recognize and listen, you know, my gut in mm-hmm. is giving me, sending me such strong messages. And I know with my gut now, it's always right. Oh, it's but right. I was it's like, right oh, on. that's not right. That's not right. Mm-hmm. Because for whatever reason, maybe it was an amazing athlete that I knew was going to get some great results. And then I thought that's ego, you know, oh, that's, yeah. that's wanting, you know, more great results and staying too long in that place, you know, and I had even years ago, and I think that we kind of ebb and flow in this space where we recognize that, or we don't recognize that. But years ago, I had an athlete going to the Olympic games and they started treating all the other athletes who were nowhere near as good as this athlete was, but started treating them with no respect and kind of, you know, felt entitled. And it was like a month before the games. And I said, sorry, go find yourself another coach. And I'm so proud of that because I was protecting the energy of my group. And even though the others weren't going to go win an Olympic medal for me or for themselves or for the team, um, it was more important for me to take care of my people and make it a healthy environment where we could all feel really good about ourselves and what we were doing. Yeah, they weren't less than. No, exactly. They were amazing. Yeah, and and so anytime we start to look at, and I was touching upon this earlier with like the how-to kind of books, when we start to say like this is better or this person's at this higher elevation and these people are down there, that's ego. That's totally. what we know. Absolutely. Anytime there's, so the way I describe the ego, 
simplest terms, it's a separation device. So mm -hmm. once you start to find yourself or as a coach looking at your tribe and you're starting to separate and you're not seeing them as that pod, like that exactly. energetic pod, oh. then you know, okay, this is ego. And ego yeah. is not aligned. Is, your ego is never going to align you to get to the last page of writing that book. Exactly. You know? And it's not going to align you with feeling true joy. No. And, or peacefulness, I mm -hmm. should say, because, you know, life has ups and downs always. But when you're in a good space as far as far as being at peace with yourself you can ride those bad times a lot easier yes um because you're at a good place inside yourself and yeah so I have to admit that year was probably more about ego I had this great team with amazing athletes but it's like that's not what I'm about but and I got lost there for a little while look at what you get to reflect on now and that's the beauty of the mind yeah. right it 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 allows us to have memories and we say, okay, well, I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. And just a, a physiological fun fact here, you know, you have more receptors in like your visceral area, your gut, than you do in your brain. Wow, that's so amazing. the fact that we're not, we're listening up top <laughs> yeah. is Versus just ridiculous. Yeah. Like go with that gut and you've Absolutely. seen that that drives you. I mean, and, and think too, like how big that, you know, like, well, mine gets a little big in the winter, but yeah. you know, <laughs> so like how mine. big that is of a guiding my role sitting here <laughs> as a guiding force, right? And yeah. so listen, listen to your gut because that's what, that's, what's going to get you to your dreams. I was going to say, like we've found on this, we've been on the road now four and a Over half, four months. four months. Yeah. And so we've had a lot of time together and yeah. that very, <laughs> the, the things escalate and then Marriage it's like, Olympics. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It lasts so short now because we're like, oh no, that's me. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not you that's, I, I need to, there's something not right with me that's, that's conflicting and I need to work that out. Like I got really angry, but you know what? That's, it's my stuff to deal yeah, with. And, totally. and when you realize that you're like, oh. And then Life we just is laugh. a little bit easier. Yeah, we just yeah. laugh. We just I'd, laugh. We're like the warrior path. We're on the warrior, warrior path. Warrior path is tough, you know? Yeah. It's, it's hard. I love that you're doing that, though, because that's what my, my wife, Beck, and I, I mean, same thing. Like, she'll call me out on things. Oh, yeah. And sometimes she'll be wrong, and I'll just fight, 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 because I don't, I won't take that on. But most of the time, 99% of the time, she's totally right. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I am doing that. I'm so sorry. And then I just hang my head, yeah. put my tail between my legs, and try and do yeah. Nice, wonderful you know, things. People ask us or comment about, we've been together, you know, 20 years now, and they'll Love it. comment about our relationship and, you know, why is it so good? I want to have a relationship like that. And I'm like, because we work our asses off. Absolutely. Like, I own it. Yeah. You know? Like, there's, like you were just saying, there's something within me that's making me feel like you're a jerk right now. So what, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> so what is the essence of that? Yeah. What is the essence of that? And even looking, we were talking about our athletes and even looking at our athletes and, you know, maybe some of them, they're like, oh my God, it's so great this and that and yeah. then maybe another one that's like a little bit more challenging and it's what is the essence of what, what is challenging you and can you find that within yourself yeah. somewhere somewhere mm -hmm. where it's not complete totally because we're all mirrors oh my of God. each other mm. and unfortunately that's, that's the truth yeah totally I mean we're constantly being reminded of oh that's something to me I like I'm not liking that in that person over there because I see that in me and Sorry, I'm trying to tuck it away and pretend I don't have that um, but yeah, I think it's what you just said. One thing that was so important is that anything worth like happiness in life and peace in life and, and success in life, you have to work hard for everything. And I think in the past when I was growing up and younger, you know, you probably think that all great things or things that are meant to be should feel easy. 
Mm-mm. I really don't believe. I mean, it, it should feel easy in that, like, I so want to be here right now. But nothing's ever going to be just perfect all the time. Like, everything takes work. And even with the h- highest level athletes, they're going to have their struggles. And that's where we grow. And when I um, go through a terrible, tough time or when my athletes go through a really hard time, I always say, this is your moment where you are going to grow so much and reach that whole next level, whether it's in your life or in your performance, because if you tackle this the way that you're meant to, this being presented to you for a reason, tackle it with grace, tackle it with positivity, and try and learn from whatever is coming your way, that that is going to bring you to the next level Mm -hmm. in whatever Mm -hmm. way you want to look at that next level. And we always have a choice, you know, especially with... Um, you know, Ironman training, it's, it's a lot. And, you know, we're, we're working with the age grouper and it's becoming so accessible. Like, oh, I did an Ironman. Oh, I did an Ironman. Oh, I did an Ironman, blah, blah, blah. And people are signing up for it. And I don't think they have any idea what they're Mm -hmm. signing up for. It takes a tremendous amount of work. And so we always have a choice. Like we can choose to be the positive and say, what can I learn from this and mm. how can I grow and how can I get stronger? Or you can just sink into Absolutely. that pot of doubt, which is so, it's so sticky and it's so much harder to climb out of that. Absolutely. So I've got a story for you because that was just a perfect segue here. One of the athletes I was almost like the most proud of in Kona was this guy Felipe Mora he's one of my age group athletes and I was out on the course and it's like 5k into the bike at the Hawaii Ironman he's dreamt of you know racing this race his entire life we finally got him qualified and he had a flat tire right in front of me and it was his third flat tire in 5k and he was like oh my god I can't believe my luck this sucks and how why would this happen and I said, Philippe, and I felt like such a bitch, excuse my language, but I said, you finish this race no matter what. You get that fixed. There's a bike shop right there. Get off the course. Get it fixed. Get yourself together. You are finishing this race. We are starting your relationship with Kona Hawaii and the Ironman World Championships in a good way where you will not give up. You will give it everything you have and finish this no matter how long it takes you to fix this. Took him two hours to fix this wheel. And this is someone that has had, I've had to really be hard on to push through things, you know, like he's not the best finisher or wasn't the best finisher. Like if things weren't going his way, it was easier to just say, I'll just like get through it instead of like, let me turn this around and make it awesome. So I kind of left, I had to move on on the course, left him using pretty strong terms saying you better freaking finish this race. And he looked at me, and I felt like crying for him because if it were me, like, God, you've spent two hours already, and you've got a whole Ironman ahead of you. Strong. I had to. It wasn't about you. It wasn't about me. No. And I tell you what, I wasn't sure because I was, you know, I had <laughs> Rini and Yvonne and and Troy out there, and I thought 50-50 chance he'll finish. And the boy calls me at 10:30. I did it, Coach. I finished the race, and he, like. To me, that was one of the greatest victories I've ever witnessed because it would have been so easy for him to say, oh, you know, life's like, universe is working against me and Madame mm-hmm. Pelé me. hates me. Perfect and race isn't the perfect me. race yeah. anymore. I did everything. Mm-hmm. I gave my life to this and look what I get. But instead, he said, you know what? I am going to prove to whoever you think of Madame Pelé, the universe, you know, whatever. But most importantly to himself 
that nothing will stop me. I can take these. You go ahead, punch me, punch me once, punch me twice. I don't care. I'm going to get up and I'm going to make this great. And he not only finished, but he like, he, he was at the very back of everyone. He was passing like 80 year olds. And, but he gave it all he had and he had an awesome day and you subtract the two, two hours or whatever it was, he had an awesome day. And I couldn't have been prouder because I said to him, I said, what you did today is a life changer. It's going to change how you react to anything bad that happens to you. And the way you handled this and the way you turned this around, I felt like it was going to put him on a whole new vibration in life where, you know, no, I'm never going to give up. And you can throw me all kinds of punches, but I will overcome all of them and Mm -hmm. succeed. So that was huge for me. And, and yeah, I mean, I had, Rennie had an unbelievable performance on the day of just, just so incredibly proud of her. But, you know, with Philippe, that was a, that was a life changer. I felt that was a hard moment. And Ironman, you know, that's when you take on an athlete to coach them for an Ironman, no matter what level they're at, I like to, to hear, you know, why, like what's, what's behind this? Why, why do you want to do this? And do you have any idea how hard it's going to be? Do you have any idea? I know. (laughs) And I guess it might be a lot of times just trying to see if they're strong enough to take on something that seems so impossible. I agree with that. Why? Because when you get to that final six, 10 K of the run, like you better know why you're out here (laughs) and you better have a strong, strong conviction to get it done. Yeah. Or else you're going to be walking and it's going to be miserable. So I love that. Like ca- capture that essence early on. And I think with Felipe, yeah. it all, all the steps along the way that you had with coaching him, maybe they weren't like, maybe they're just seeds planted here yeah. and there and here. And then it came to this one point where all you had to do was scream at him. Riddled in goosebumps. And it's really <laughs> hot right here in the sun. It is really I mean, hot. Those are just those really yeah. just inspiring things you know because because I think because as the coach and as being me I don't even know if I could have done that I don't know if I'm two hours behind and all this bad stuff is happening to me like I think it makes you think god would I have even been able to do that yeah I like to think I would have but you know well and it was it was unexpected and he gets the third flat right in front of you and so what I love about this experience is that you didn't have any time to plan of what you were going to say to him it was just like present moment. present moment right yeah. you just you just let him have it you left him in the muck and you walked away I think one of the most important things that we can do for our athletes is see them as capable absolutely that you didn't need to stand by him and say I'll walk to the bike shop with you like listen do it because you've got the skills, right? You didn't even have to say that. But, and I do this with, in my yoga class too because, you know, sometimes I, I teach a hot power vinyasa and it's very challenging. I get a lot awesome. of type A people who I love because those are mm-hmm. my people. Yeah. And so you get the doubters. You get the people who are in there like they're going for the gold medal. There's no competition. <laughs> and I just see them all as capable. I see them all as capable. Yeah. And I see them even more capable in the moments where they're completely in the muck, where they're just pissed. And I'll leave them there. I'll let them be there because when life falls down, actually a person just quoted me from another um, Mm -hmm. podcast and put it on Twitter. When life falls down around you, nobody's going to give a shit if you can bust out a great warrior one. 
Awesome. Right? Yeah, girl. <laughs> Love it's it. Like, what is going to happen when you get, th- I mean, three yeah. flat tires in a 5K? Like, oh my God. That. He was just That's getting it thrown tested. at him. Yeah. And so it's those moments. Like, it's the bad workouts that are the best, Absolutely. I think. Totally. You know? And, and you need those. You, you need, need those, those to grow like, from. You needed that year as a coach. To have oh, it, I did. To have it yeah. be so mucky. It sucked, but I, I, I did. Know. I needed it. Because and that's where we grow. Yeah. That's where absolutely. we grow. That's the warrior path. Absolutely. Um, actually, I want to go to the book for um, a moment. There's a part in the book that I absolutely love because you deal with something that most humans on some level deal with, and it's attachment. So it was 2000. You were in Sydney. And boy, were you prepared. You had visualized your race, right? Like visualization. Very, very important to see our successes. You had visualized every moment. You said that you would, if you fell asleep, and I've done this, you, if you fell asleep visualizing and you woke uh, up in the middle of the night, I'd you be would so cons- I'd be like, damn it, I got to do my visualization. You got to do my visualization. <laughs> yeah. And so you were so steadfast with it. You were yeah. locked and loaded. You were ready. All it had to do with, like, they just had to play the reel and you were going to be the actor, mm-hmm. right? Like, exactly. You were just going to, like, but it fell apart and it fell apart early. Uh. And you panicked. Like, you used that word in the book. You panicked. Oh, yeah. And, um, no, this was Sydney. This was the Olympics, right? It was the Olympic trials. Yeah, the Olympic trials. That's right. And you fell apart because you weren't prepared for um, a deviation in your plan, a deviation from what you had visualized. And so what do you have to say with for, to athletes, a couple Ironman that just happened, Ironman Maryland, where the swim was canceled, where yeah. they ended up running through eight, you know, eight to 12 inches of water. Um, Ironman North Carolina that just happened yesterday, where they shortened the bike by half. Oh my God, yeah. Um, and so I saw like in videos and things like that, people were disappointed. They were pointing the finger at Ironman. They were, they were unsatisfied because they never envisioned that. So how do you work with athletes on this idea of holding the vision, seeing yourself cross the finish line, seeing that that time that you've always dreamed of, but not being attached to it? Uh, Totally. I mean, that was probably one of the biggest lessons I learned as an athlete that now I make sure to cover with my athletes. And that is that, yeah, visualization is so powerful. But where I went wrong is by visualizing everything just working perfectly, I was totally unprepared for anything going wrong. And that was a massive mistake because, yeah, I didn't just panic, but I completely choked and and it destroyed my my chances of making the Olympics. Um, But what I tell my athletes now and, and what I actually talk to them about and how they live their lives is you can try and manifest and visualize what you want your race to look like or what you want your life to look like. But you also need to visualize things going wrong and how you're going to handle it. So, for instance, in a race, you know, we'll start with just you not performing the way that you've been visualizing yourself performing. If you take the time in those moments where you're visualizing, seeing yourself get a flat tire, seeing yourself not feeling great on the bike and seeing yourself find a way to overcome that. Like, okay, I changed my cadence on the bike for five minutes. I'm going to just go to a bigger gear. I'm going to, you know, feel the strength in my legs, and then I'll go back to my race cadence, and I'll feel a lot better. Like, see yourself overcoming these challenges or these difficulties, or see yourself getting a flat, not freaking out, changing your flat, getting back on the road, and and saying, okay, from this point forward, I'm going to 
bike as well as I can. What can I do from this point to make it the best race possible? So I encourage my athletes, yes, we want the visualization. So you have that perfect race scenario, but now let's visualize things going wrong. And then we'll discuss like, hey, you have no control. This is why I think with a lot of my age groupers and other age groupers, they always have these time goals. And in a race like Kona that is just so all over the map as far as conditions go, you cannot have these time goals. I want to swim this time. I want to bike this time. I want to run this time. You have absolutely no control whether it's going to be massive gusts of wind and you'll be riding five miles an hour into a headwind for 90 miles. Like setting a time goal is a recipe for disaster and you're only going to be disappointed. So I always say you set out with goals on how you want to feel. I want to feel strong. I want to feel powerful. I want to feel in control. I want to feel disciplined with my drinking and my eating. And this is how I want to feel. This is what I'm going to strive towards every second of the race. Um, So kind of preparing them um, that anything can happen. There are certain things you have. Actually, when it comes to racing, I tell my athletes, you have control over two things, and that's your effort and your attitude, you know, and obviously having done all the work leading into it. But outside of that, you've got to be prepared for anything. If the swim gets canceled, okay, well, now I need to bike the way I've been training to bike and run the way I've been training to run, and you can't do anything about it, so why waste energy worrying about it? So, I mean, that's the key, and I think that that lesson in Sydney for me was just... um, you know, it's great to be an optimist and it's great to be positive, um, but you can't be ignorant and you can't imagine that everything is ever going to go perfect. What is it? Um, make a plan and see God laugh or something like oh, that. There's yeah. some kind of a yeah. statement yeah. like oh, that. We've been, yeah, <laughs> we've been like a Yeah, we've been trying big, to plan. I feel like <laughs> yeah. our, our tour has just been like a comic strip for yeah. the divine. Like they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look at, read this comic. Look at what they think they're going to do now. Yeah, <laughs> right? right, Like, exactly. did we think we were going to be in the middle of a gas shortage in Nashville, Tennessee? Like, we didn't yeah. think we were going to be able oh to get God. out of Nashville. Gas for three days. No way. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't even have enough. The rest enough, of the world is going on. And we didn't yeah, even have enough gas to get to that awesome aquatic center to go for a swim. Like, we had it was no gas. It was like an apocalypse. Oh, my God. So you just, you never. got to roll with it. Yeah, yeah. you got to roll with it. And, and you can hope for the best and plan for the best and train to be the best that you can be. But be ready for anything yeah. and handle it with grace. And the best isn't just like the finish line. The best is, you know, you, you crash on your bike and, if you know, you dust yourself off. Whatever that crash yeah. on the bike is. It could be a flat tire. It could be whatever. You dust your off and you be the best right there exactly right you exactly. be the best in the face of a traffic jam you be the best in the face of running late and yeah. having somebody in front of you write a check you know yeah you be the best there and isn't like I keep I just go back to this all the time isn't that what athletes want exactly so why yeah. are most of us so narrow focused to that finish line is the only thing. If I can't mm. swim 2.4, bike 112, and run 20.26.2, that that's not going to be the best. Yeah. Be the best with whatever it is Absolutely. that's in front of you. That is that is the secret right there. Because in the end, that's what matters most. I mean, yeah. when I look back at... Sometimes I forget I was ever an athlete because it seems so long ago. But when I look back at that time, it's not... I don't remember my run splits or, you know, what race I did this or what race I did that. I remember the moments where I was like, wow, I can't believe I just did that. Or I can't believe, you know, I was, you know, last out of the water and somehow 
I never gave up and I kept pushing hard and I won a world championship on that day. Like if I had just said, oh, my, this is sucky day. I was last out of the water. I should just yeah. give up. I yeah. would never have had that amazing, yeah. you know, I wouldn't have a world championship crown. Yeah. But Anything can happen in either direction. Exactly. In so either just, direction. Yeah. So that lesson that you learned in 2000 was so harsh. Like when I was reading that, I was like, no, <laughs> no, I wanted to change it for you. <sighs> but now I see so clearly that you had to, you had to have that experience so that you could be the teacher for your co- for yeah. for your athletes, absolutely, and and to real another part of that, my mom had a party on that day here in Boulder with all my closest oh, friends yeah, and all the people that cared about me. There were like fifty people, you know, around her tiny little computer in her office, like mm. watching the race. And suddenly, like, there's nothing. I'm not. They can't see me or find me anywhere, and. But then you realize the lesson there, like I'm just thinking as I'm racing, oh my God, they're all watching. They're going to think I suck. I'm terrible. I'm this, I'm that. They all still loved me. Of course. They all still cared about me. They felt bad for me. But like you, so there are a lot of other outside things that you learn that like everyone's not watching you and thinking she better make it to the finish line or she better win this race or she better do this. That's just a voice in your head. that's, That's a voice in our head. Do yeah. the best that you can and and be a warrior in that way. Warrior, not war- warrior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not warrior. <laughs> warrior. And give it everything you've got. And yeah. um, handle everything gracefully and put your heart and soul into it. And people are proud of that, you know. Felipe may have finished in, you know, 12 hours or whatever it was. But, God, I was proud of him. You oh know, my gosh! It's I, the inside story mm-hmm. of what happened on that day. Oh, that's! I'm so glad you shared that with everyone, yeah. so they can hear that. Because, like I said, anything can happen in either direction. We're gonna wrap it up here. So I don't read much, just being honest here. But I did. <laughs> he did great. Buy this book Thanks. and read it. <laughs> <laughs> that's so nice. And I absolutely love it. So for all the listeners out there, you can you can pick up uh, series book Surfacing on Amazon. I'm assuming is the best way. Or Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Um, it'll be out on Kindle in a couple of weeks. Um, but you can pretty much get it anywhere. But okay. yeah, I would love it if you bought the book and, and it's enjoyed so it. Good. Let it's me know. The, the la- what was it? Chapter nine, where it's like, oh my gosh, the Leanda story. Oh, Kona, she's amazing. Where yeah. like they went into the energy uh, lab mm-hmm. and you were like, uh, this race is not <laughs> over. Really and you're waiting <laughs> and you're yeah. waiting to see who comes out. I mean, oh I'm not even going to go into the story because they have to buy the book to get the inside scoop on Thank that. You. I cried in the acknowledgments. Like I was really, you really Hold me in. Thank it's you really so much. It's really beautifully written. Oh my God. Well, thank you. It was um, scary to write it, but I'm so happy that I did. So I'm just so happy that you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. You two are awesome. <laughs> I, we're definitely on the same page with so many things. So, oh, for I mean, sure. That's yeah, why we ha- That's why we wanted to reach out to you. And, and we were so like, hey, if it's meant you know, to be. Yeah, like we have no fear. We reach out to you know whoever we feel aligned with. I love with. it. And sometimes people don't get back to us and we're like, oh, wasn't aligned. And you get back to us and we're like, oh, it was aligned. Yeah. Great. Cool. Exactly. Let's go meet her. No. Awesome. Um, yeah, thank you, Siri, so much. Is there anything you want to you want to leave people with about your book? Like any um, parting words? What do you want them to take away from it in a few words? Or do we pretty much cover it here? Just that we all can make the life that we dream of having by not letting our fears get in the way. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be messed up. I was messed up in so many ways, but I found a way through all of that. 
uh, to find my strength and find my confidence and to believe in, in the future that I always dreamed of having. So, you know, don't assume that what you are in right now is always going to be your life. Um, our opportunities really are limitless. So believe in yourself and believe in your dreams and be brave. And, you know, you can create the life you've always dreamed of. It really is true. It really is true. Thank you so much for sharing that. And how do people follow you if they dig on you and they want more of you? How do they do it? Geez, that would be nice. I'm on Twitter. It's at Seltz, S-E-L-T-S. I got on in the early days of Twitter, so I had no idea what this name was meant to be. But anyways, at Seltz. um, And Siri Lindley on Instagram or just write me. And if you buy the book and you enjoy it, let me know your thoughts. Um, I love to hear them. So thank you both so much. It really was just an honor to be on this show with you. Oh, such an honor. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, guys. You're awesome, you guys. This is meant to be. (laughs) Is that my wife on the phone? Siri Lindley. Don't you just want to give her a huge virtual hug? She was such a delight to have on the show, and we hope you enjoyed our chat. I highly recommend that you read her book, Surfacing. It will pull you in immediately with its perfect balance of eloquent voice and harsh reality of life. You know, it's so easy to sit back and see Siri's accomplishments without seeing the steep climb of effort that she put forth in her life. When I mentioned in the intro that she is in constant hunt of her best self, I mean it. Siri has laid out blood, sweat, and tears to get where she is today, and she just keeps on climbing. And so that's where it starts, you guys. It starts with belief in ourselves. And that can be so difficult, especially since we are conditioned by our society to feel as though we are in a state of lack all the time. And because this idea of believing in ourselves, it's a concept, a theme, a feeling that needs to be constantly renewed. Some days I spend the whole freaking day renewing my belief in myself, but without the willingness to get the work done without the willingness to do the work, belief is nothing. It's the work that gets us to our goals. It's the work that gets us to being the person we want to be. It's the work that allows us to bust through our belief system. And it's the work that allows us to live the greatness that is the right of each and every one of us. Plain and simple, it's work. But with a mindful approach, that work can absolutely be done in a state of flow. And that's what we at Yogi Triathlete are best at, getting you to your next destination with less suffering, less drama, and more ease. It's not a religion. It's not a voodoo way of coaching. It's a scientifically proven method of training and racing in a slipstream. And it's where the highest achieving athletes perform. Mindfulness in athletics is on the rise. So, You can get on board now or later. Either way, the train is leaving the station every day and your competition is on board already. So thank you so much for tuning into our chat. Definitely check out Team Sirius and all of the other ways to connect with Siri in the show notes of this episode and continue to do the work every step of the way. Continue to believe in yourself every step of the way and continue to ride the high vibe every step of the way because this is the route to greatness in life.